True Multifamily is an On Air Brands production and a proud member of the On Air Brands Network. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next Podmax event. This is True Multifamily, the show where we dive in on what really happens after closing a multifamily property. We're going to expose the role of asset manager. That's a person who has a responsibility of seeing the vision, executing the plan, and managing people, budgets, and timelines, all to deliver returns for our investors. These are the real struggles, the real victories, and the real stories of asset management. Welcome back to another episode of True Multifamily. I'm your host, Justin Fraser. Today... I have a very awesome episode for you guys. It's a little different. It's a little outside of the norm of our true multifamily asset management discussion that we normally have, but it is absolutely worth the listen because Dan Sheeks is here. Dan Sheeks of Sheeks Freaks, and we're going to get into that. And uh, Dan has an absolutely inspiring message and organization that he's running, and I absolutely have to share it all with you. Dan, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks, Justin. I'm excited and stoked to be here and talk about real estate and, and everything else. Sheik's Freaks, the whole thing. Thanks for having me. I feel like I need a shirt that says Sheik's Freaks <laughs> on it. I don't know if you're selling merch or not, but I want one. We'll make uh, I can I can work that out for you. Yeah. There we go. I love it. <laughs> so, Dan, um, you <laughs> are an active real estate investor. You have a portfolio. Uh, before we get into Sheik's Freaks, give us a little bit of the backstory on how you found real estate investing and how you got to uh, where you are in terms of your investing career. Sure. Yeah. So real estate investing for me is, uh, you know, it's, it's a team effort with my wife. And I, my first investment property actually was a primary residence I bought closer to 15, 20 years ago, but then I got out pretty quick. Um, and there's a story behind that that I don't think we need to get into. But when I, went, when I met my wife uh, about five years ago, she had just started um, investing in real estate. She had a couple properties and I was definitely open to the idea. So when we met, we kind of teamed up. And at the same time, we found the Bigger Pockets community, which for us has been um, huge. And we're big fans of Bigger Pockets. So we kind of just started learning together and, um, and have started buying properties ever since. So last four or five years, and we're now at 15 units, a variety of different types of investments, but uh, we do tend to stay small. We, we are not focused on growing, you know, we have 15 now, I think we're pretty much set on getting to 20. Mm -hmm. And then we will take a step back and probably start paying off mortgages mm -hmm. to increase cash flow. We're not interested in, in bigger apartment complexes, like maybe most of your listeners, but yeah. I, I think we all, we all are fighting the good fight with uh, real estate and passive income. And, and we love that. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And you know, that's, that's great. And that goes to <clears throat> knowing yourself and knowing your own goals and doing 
goal planning with your wife, your spouse, um, and knowing what you want out of life. And, and a lot of people get excited and say they want a hundred unit or 200 unit property, but that is a different business than owning 15 or 20 smaller properties. It, it requires different skill set, and, and, you know, a lot of people like myself like to grow into that and, and that's great, but absolutely great that, that, you know, where you want to be and that you're, you're most of the way there. So, um, nothing wrong with that at all, Dan. Um, so you've got, so, so why, um, first off, awesome that both you and your wife are into it. Can you just give us some color on, um, roles and responsibilities and how, how you two work together? Sure. Yeah. Uh, originally we were both full-time public school teachers, uh, when we met pretty early on, we, we, we figured out that I love my job as, as a teacher. I I'm in a situation that I, it's my dream job and I love going to work every day. She, on the other hand, um, had been teaching for at the time, 15 years, maybe a little more. Um, and she was kind of done with teaching. She had put in a lot of time and, and served a lot of difficult schools in her tenure. And so she was ready to leave teaching and go into something else. So it just made sense that she would be the one that kind of managed our portfolio and helped to grow it. Uh, and so that was kind of a two-step process. Our first step was to get her at, at a halftime teaching, um, which we did, I think, three years ago. <clears throat> so she went halftime teaching and halftime real estate. And then just, just a really couple months ago, we figured out that she could retire from teaching altogether and be full-time uh, active real estate investor for, for both of us growing our portfolio. She manages most of our properties, not all. Some are out of state. And so we definitely talk about everything. Every decision is, is a team decision. And we strategize almost on a nightly basis, but when it comes to the day in and day out, um, that's my wife. She's, she's on it while you're teaching. So you love your job. That's fantastic. So you, you're buying property, you guys married, you're buying property together. How and when does the idea for Sheik's Freaks come out? Great question. So uh, as a teacher, I, I, I'm a business teacher. So I, I teach classes like entrepreneurship, marketing, and personal finance. And when I started really learning about real estate investing and passive income four or five years ago, uh, I always knew personal finance was crucial for, for anyone to have a, a successful financial life. But it really kind of made sense, especially when I learned, started learning about early financial independence and the FIRE movement and how passive income can, can allow you freedom of time you know, much earlier than age 65, which we're all kind of taught to believe. So I just decided, you know, my passion is with working with young people and teenagers. uh, And so I I wanted to pursue and advocate for not just personal finance education, but, but even early financial independence and real estate strategy uh, for young people. And locally, I found out that that is a very tough road to hoe. My, my, the decision makers that I answered to in my district and my state were, were not on board with that, with that idea of you know, the, like even just the idea of making personal finance as a requirement for high school graduation, taking a semester class on that, they were not for it. Um, and so I, you know, I just thought, well, how else can I, can I achieve my goal here of, of educating and advocating for this knowledge for young people? And so that I just said, well, why not start my own, my own little uh, online community? And it, and it did start with just a, a blog site and an Instagram page. It's grown since then. And it's all about just the mission, if you will, is to educate young people about things like real estate investing and early financial independence and passive income and frugality, giving them that knowledge and then, and then taking a step back and saying, okay, now that you know this stuff, as a young person, 
it's, it's really up to you to decide how you want to use it. If, if you want to work till you're 65 and, and work a corporate job or, or whatever, then there's nothing wrong with that. Do it. You know, it, it's a proven strategy and, and it works for a lot of people. But if you're interested in these other ideas, passive income, early financial independence, then now you have the knowledge or you have the knowledge available and you can just, uh, I will never tell someone what they should do. Right. Mm-hmm. But at least now they know the options and they can decide for themselves. So much to unpack there. I, I love everything you just said. So my favorite class in high school was an entrepreneurship class. And the really the only thing I remember is the teacher talking about the benefits of a Roth IRA and like blowing my mind just with the whole concept. And um, that, that was like the one little thing that I took. And I remember like wanting more of that. And um, that actually led me to take entrepreneurship classes through, through college and, and all that. And so let's talk about, you know, what's traditionally offered in your school. You, you are a business teacher, but um, wh- where's the friction if they don't want you to teaching personal finance or do they not want you teaching um, concepts, you know, like real estate investing, or is that just more, they don't want it required, but it, it could be an elective. Can you just clarify that for us? Yes, yeah, definitely. It's definitely the latter of what you just mentioned. Okay. So um, it's interesting in, in, in our country, education is left up to each state to, mm-hmm. to dictate how that's going to look, which I think is a good thing, by the way. Um, and so in my home state of Colorado, living here in Denver, our state has decided that personal finance as a class shouldn't, is not a requirement. Um, there are a handful of states that do, about seven or eight states do require a semester-long personal finance class in order to graduate from high school. And kudos to them. They get Absolutely. it, right? I, I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah. Most states don't, um, including Colorado. So we, I teach personal finance as a class. Um, and so it, it is an elective uh, in our business department. And the sad truth is that even though, I guess this is my opinion, but even though 100% of students should take that class, in my school, for, for instance, five, 5% of the students will take that class before they graduate. So it's just about, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a long road to, to change the view of um, the decision makers um, to make personal finance more important in the education of our young people. But uh, it's a fight that I am up for. It's just going to be, it's, it's one small step at a time. Yeah. Kudos to you for taking on that mission and, and leading the charge for us, because I think we can all agree there's this vastly underrepresented, you know, courses and, and there needs to be more education around that. And, and unfortunately, a lot of the personal finance is left to parents uh, to educate. And if your parents have poor financial uh, decision-making process, then most likely you're going to going to have a hard time making good financial decisions. Um, you know, I'm so grateful and thankful that, you know, I, I was able to learn and, and read and, and start understanding about personal finance at an early age, but, you know, so many people don't have that opportunity. And so what you're doing is, is really commendable. So talk, I want to talk about the group. I want you to tell me what that is and, and how it works. Um, and then we'll get into some of the hows and, and what you're actually uh, educating these guys on. Yeah. And before I get into the, the Sheik's Freaks group community, uh, I think, Justin, you hit, you hit it on the head there just a little bit ago when you said that, you know, we, we all, and, and my generation, Gen X, um, maybe you're more millennial generation and the, even the baby boomers, all the generations have had to learn for themselves out on their own how to manage money. And it's, it's sad because if, if your parents didn't really know what to teach you, which most parents don't, because they didn't have that education in school either, 
then it, it you're not going to get it. You're going to just have to go out there and learn on your own trial by fire kind of thing. And that's the way our country's set up. And the sad fact is that the young people that need this education the most, just basic personal finance strategy, um, are the ones that are least likely to get it, unfortunately. Uh, and so I just wanted to mention that, that, that it is that important. Um, and, and I also say that, you know, you were lucky you said your parents gave you some, some of that education. Basic personal finance, you know, just managing credit cards and credit scores and how, how to manage a savings account, what that yeah. and how to invest money. If we don't have the basics, if a young person, you know, if you can't manage $1,000, you can't manage $100,000. You're just going to spend it and waste it just like you did 1000 So you have to have the basics and then you can go up from there. So that's, that's where Sheik's Freaks came in. I, I created the community, which uh, really there's three platforms. There's the website, YouTube, and Instagram. And it is about just that. Starting with the basics, uh, depending on where they are at, when they come to the community, there are different you know, articles and resources and content that they can um, read or listen to or digest that will start them at square one. Or if they're more on square 10, then let's start there. But you definitely need the basics, and then you can build on that and get into things like passive income streams, side hustles, frugality, investing, and stuff like that. Um, and then there's a, there's a side niche to that that I've kind of created uh, just for my, for my own interest, really, because I love working with young people one-on-one, and that is the Sheik's Freaks Mastermind Group, which we can talk about now or later, Justin, I'll let you decide. But that's, that's kind of Sheik's Freaks in a nutshell. Well, you brought it up. So let's tell us about the mastermind group. And then I want to go back to those, um, you know, the, the progression from basics to passive income and frugality and just how you bring, how you educate through that, that process. But tell us about the mastermind group. Sure. Yeah. So the mastermind group, I think your audience will, will appreciate because it is a real estate investing focus group for young people. Um, it's something I do completely for free. Uh, I do love working with the young people in, in a small group or sometimes one-on-one. So they're, they're young people that I have just run across in one way or another out there in the community. And uh, I've basically, I've talked to every single one of them on the phone um, to begin with. And if they are truly interested in real estate investing and they're, and they're kind of sold on the idea and they're motivated, which all of these young people are, then, then I invite them into this mastermind group. So we have, a, we have a Slack account that we communicate in on a daily basis. And then we have a weekly Zoom call and most of these young people are interested, uh, and I encourage them to explore the house hacking strategy to begin with, because I think that is the best way for a young person to get into real estate. That's the that's kind of the best way to get your foot in the door is to house hack. And so most of them are on that track. And you know we, we uh, collaborate in the Slack group and we have that weekly Zoom call. I have different guests on that will talk to them about one thing or another. And it, does, it isn't always real estate. It could be frugality. It could be building an online brand presence. It, you know, one, one time we just had a, a meeting about happiness and what does that really mean? And how does, how does early financial independence play into that? And so it's, it's about 30 young people, anywhere from 15 to 20 years old, all across the country. Um, and it is a blast. I really, I really love working. They're, they are so amazing. I, can't, I tell them all the time. I say, I can't wait to fast forward five years and see where all of you are five years from now because they will be crushing it without a doubt. It's great when you have that feeling and you know, you're like, I know how successful all of you guys are going to be. These are some big concepts that, that you're getting into with people that are what sophomores in high school and up or so freshmen, sophomores. And so how do you break down a concept like 
happiness or passive income? And how do you distill these, these really big ideas into something that, that resonates with someone of that age? Well, I, I'd say uh, there's, there's two different groups, right? The Sheik's Freaks group, they all come to the table with a solid amount of background information. They've done their research. They've listened to podcasts. They've read a lot of blog posts, um, which is why I had that phone call with them. Uh, but in the classroom, li- like you said, it is a very different ballgame. First of all, I might have students in my classroom that, that they have no interest in learning about money. And to be honest, I think that's the majority of young people, which is actually where the name Sheik's Freaks came from. Take a little sidebar there. The, the freak, the Sheiks is my last name, right? So the freaks part of it is because I believe that if you're young and you're actually interested or motivated to learn about money or investing or real estate at a very young age, that is not the norm, right? That's very abnormal. That is different. Uh, you're, you're very unique if you're that way. And so you're kind of a freak, right? If you're young and you think yeah. about your money, yeah. you, it, it's an, it's, you're a freak in a good way, but you're different and, and that's a good thing. So that's where the name came from. So in the classroom, uh, you know, I, I do have to start with the very basics. You know, we just start with what is financial planning? What is financial goal setting? And then we build from there in the classroom. And, and honestly, in one semester, because those classes are semester long, I don't get to the higher level things I wish I could or I did have time to get to. Um, I do share my own stories about real estate investing and index fund investing and the frugality and side hustles. And I bring in guest speakers to the classroom that are much closer to their age. I'm 46. So to me, I'm kind of like their dad talking to them, which isn't always the best. But if I bring in, you know, people in their twenties who are, who are crushing it and in, in personal finance and, and doing things like house hacks, then they really relate to that. So I, I have to be aware that in the classroom, especially they run the gamut with how much knowledge they bring in. And uh, we, and we just have to go from there. So much to, to break down there, but um, do you give them any sort of, like what, what sort of books do you recommend these guys read when in, the, in your class? Great question. Uh, the first two I always recommend are Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and The Richest Man in Babylon. And I, I just say, let's start awesome. there. Let's yeah. just start there. Yeah. Really foundational, you know, to, if you ask any investor, most of, most people read those and, and will point to those as a cornerstone. So um, yeah, that's, that's a way to do it. I, I didn't read the richest man in Babylon until probably about two years ago. Um, but I wish I read it, you know, back then I wish when I was 15, I read it it's just so good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, thankfully I found rich dad, poor dad, I think in high school as well. And it, and it resonates and it's still, it breaks things down in a way that, that someone in high school can get it and, and understand that there's a different way of doing things. Um, yeah. Imagine where we would be as a country if, every teenager was required to read one or both of those books while in high school. Right. I think it would change so much about where we are as a country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you wish? So in the school system, like if you had a magic wand, right. Uh, besides having everyone read, read those books, you know, what do you wish that you could bring more into the classroom or, or what do you wish that you could teach these guys that, that you're maybe not covering already? Uh, yeah, great question. If, if I had a magic wand, um, this, is what, this is what it would look like. I, I think financial education would start very early in, in grade school. Um, and oftentimes it does. Uh, they're learning about you know, simple money concepts as early as even second or third grade. Um, not consistently though, you know, across the country. But in high school, that's where I'm, that's where I'm focused. 
ideally every high school graduate would, would be required to take four semesters of personal finance. And that, and those would all happen in their last two years. So they'd be taking two classes or junior year, two classes or senior year. And, you know, we could really, you know, we could spend a month just reading Richest Man in Babylon together and, and dissecting the lessons in that book. But when, when it's just boiled down to a one semester class, and let's be, let's be honest, like most kids aren't even getting a week of personal finance before right. they graduate from high school. So you got it. Like that goes back to the baby steps, but the lucky ones who are getting one semester of personal finance, that's great. But if they could get four semesters and we could really get into these higher level concepts of passive income, real estate investing, how to, how to invest in real estate when you're, when you're 20 years old, it is absolutely available and you can accomplish that if you set yourself up in the right way, starting at age 16, 17, building credit score, building an income history, educating yourself, then you can absolutely be investing in real estate as early as age 20 and sometimes maybe even earlier. And how that would change your financial outlook on life when you're building passive incomes at such an early age. You know, I, I do not get to talk about those higher level concepts near as much as I'd like to. I kind of sprinkle them in throughout the course. And, you know, I always tell them if you have, if you want to learn more, let's just connect outside the classroom because mm -hmm. the semester the semester comes and goes way too fast. Yeah. I'm going to keep, I have so many questions. I'm just going to keep firing. Do you ever have any of your students from the in-person class gone on to join you in the mastermind? Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. I just started the mastermind um, about a year ago. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, not yet. Okay. I think it's, it's going to happen just a matter of time. Yeah. I could see a few, you know, that are, that really get it and resonate with it and are doing the extra reading. Um, that could be a path, path forward for them. Um, and then I guess we'll transition into the mastermind because you're saying that some of these guys are as young as 15, right? In the mastermind, yep. um, any issues, you know, with parents or teachers and just, you know, why are you teaching this or how are you teaching this? And how do you get buy-in from the, you know, the people that are around the, the student? Um, cause these are kids still. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, I have to be careful when I go outside of the classroom as really just an entrepreneur with the Sheik's Freaks platform. And I'm dealing with minors. That's yeah, you have to be careful. So I have a waiver if they're under 18. Um, the the student and the parent both. I shouldn't say student. These are more members. Where we're talking right. about Sheik's Freaks. Right. The member and the parent both have to sign it. Generally, those those students are those members are you know the Sheik's Freaks mastermind is real estate focused. So they are not someone who they've usually gotten a little bit of that from their parents. So the parents are generally pretty supportive. And so the, there hasn't been an issue there. Now in the classroom, you know, when I, when I do get into ideas of like early financial independence, and I even do talk about the value of college, a college education, and is it actually worth the money that you would maybe spend on that? I haven't really had a lot of parent pushback to date, but I definitely think that it's something that could happen when I, I, I don't tell kids to go to college or not to go to college. I just tell them, here's how financially it could affect your life and your future if if you graduate with, you know, way too much student loan debt, it's going to have a lasting impact. And then, Absolutely. you know, a lot of people aren't on board with real estate investing. They, they still think, and I don't blame them, that real estate investing is, a, is an old white man's game. And if, you know, if you're not Donald Trump, you shouldn't be doing it. But it's, as, as you know, and your, your, your audience knows, that's just not true. Yeah. So outside of the classroom, 
you know, for any of our listeners, you know, I'm always one that wants to spread the good word about real estate investing. And, and sometimes I struggle explaining it to adults, ex- struggle explaining it to people who, you know, have worked their whole lives in the corporate mindset. And maybe that's harder, actually, because they've been they've lived their whole life thinking one way. You know, it's only for rich, you know, rich old dudes and, and whatever, as far as landlords go. Um how let everyone's got a niece or nephew, you know, even if they don't have their own kids, um, a cousin, what are some ways that we who are um, investing already, how do I take my message or, or the knowledge I've gained through bigger pockets through my experience? How do you recommend I ta- start that conversation with someone that's, you know, like you said, you want to start education early on elementary school, middle school. If I have a middle school niece, how, how do I talk to her about, about this? How, where do I even start? You know, it's it seems complicated, but I really don't think it is. And I'll I'll say first that I, I'm not an expert. I wish my wife, because she she taught elementary school. So when when it comes to younger kids, I'm not an expert on mm-hmm. on getting through to them. Uh, I'm the high school teacher. Sure. Uh, so I would say for high school, right? If you have a 15 year old in your life, a niece, yeah. a, nephew, a grand grandchild, uh, a neighbor, whatever it might be, and you want to start passing on to them some of this knowledge you have about, let's say, real estate investing. I think you could just strike up a conversation really and just start talking to them about what do they see their future looking like and you know kind of navigating into the idea that well I'm going to I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get a job and I'm going to work until I'm 65 and then I'm going to retire and then I'm going to live the good life that's the typical american dream we've all kind of been spoon-fed and again it's not there's nothing wrong with that path it's just one option and we unfortunately don't know that there's other options so I would start by just talking to that young person about well, what if you had a way where you could still have to work, but you found a way that you didn't have to work till you're 65? Maybe you, maybe you got to stop working or you didn't have to work anymore beyond the age of 45 or even 35. Would that be something that you would be interested in in learning more about and see what they say? When it comes to real estate specifically, I mean, I think it's just so fun to talk about the simplest real estate strategy of just, you know, walk your nephew outside and say that house across the street here's how that would work as a rental. Yeah. Um, here's how I would buy it. Here's how I'd rent it. Here's, you know, just come up with some nice round numbers and explain it to them mm-hmm. and say, that's going to make me money forever. Um, whether I'm working or sleeping or on a beach, that, that house, if it's a rental property is going to make me money forever. It's so powerful. And, and I love it. And we, we have to do more <laughs> of it. Thank you. Let's talk more about the mastermind a bit. So you're saying 30 folks, 30 kids, 15 to 20 years old. What are some of the common objections or challenges that these guys are having that you're trying to, to help them overcome? Oh, good, good question. And uh, the, the number one roadblock that they, that they hit for buying real estate at a young age is income, right? My goal for, for a young person is age 20. Uh, if you can buy that for first property age 20. So that gives you about a two two year runway between 18 and 20 to build credit score and to come up with a with an income stream that you can um, you know prove to the bank that you can make your mortgage payments. That's the number one roadblock. So I, I try to catch them early, you know, before they get to that 18 year where they can start coming up with a two year history and say, you know, if you can find a job, some of them have their own little side hustles. Like uh, one of them owns like his own real or, uh, lawn care, mowing lawns. And I said, that's, that's awesome. But it's the bank's going to look at that and say, we don't care. They need right. to see W2 income. So even if that's a part-time job for now, and it maybe grows into full-time, like on your summer vacations or over break, 
or maybe you can pump that up to a full-time job a few months before you want to buy your first property, uh, then the bank's going to look at that a lot more favorably. Now, every market's different, so I can't say exactly what they should do. If the property they want to buy is going to be $50,000 or $500,000, that drastically changes the amount of income history that, that you need or the, the level of income that you need to be able to prove. You know, we always talk about the option of a co-signer as well or a co-borrower. The other thing is the credit, the credit score. And I, I, tell, I tell my students in the classroom that I teach who are as young as 15, sophomores maybe, and, and, the, and the Sheik's Freaks Mastermind group, you know, they've been taught, we've all been taught that credit cards are bad. They're the devil, but they are not. If, if you can manage them intelligently, they are amazing tools to build credit. Yep. So I tell all of my kids, I say, get a credit card as soon as you turn 18. Even better, become an authorized user on a parent credit card while you're a minor, because that will help build your credit score, credit score even earlier. But when you're 18, you get your first card. When you're 19, you get your second card. When you're 19 and a half, you get your third credit card. You're using each one every month to buy you know, gas or a snack, just small stuff that you would buy anyway. You're paying it off every month on time. You're carrying zero balance month to month. You're going you're gonna to hammer your credit score. You're going to be in the six to 700 point range within a couple of years. I even give them the advice and say, go to your bank where you have your credit or your checking account um, once you're 18. And go in there and say, I want, a, I want a personal loan. And I don't care if it's $100 or $500 or $1,000. Borrow that money. And then with no intention of spending it, by the way, put it in a different account. Make your monthly payments back to the bank. Yes, you're going to have some interest on that. But that's a different type of credit that's now on your credit history that's going to help you build your credit score. Um, and if you do those things, your credit cards and, and a personal loan, by the time you hit age 20, as long as you're doing it intelligently, which obviously that's a big part of it, uh, you're going to have a credit score that banks will be very, very happy with. I'm silent because I love it. I love everything top to bottom. I'm thinking about, um, you know, my my oldest is three years old and I'm thinking, okay, that, that made me think, can I put him as an authorized user on my credit card and start that now? Uh, maybe. I don't know. No, yeah. The credit card <laughs> company will have their own. Every, everyone's different with that, but yeah. I would say 15. You got 12 15. years. 15. All right. Well, he's going to start a lawn business pretty soon. So we'll, we'll work on that. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's, it's so important. And, and I love that your plan for these guys is not, well, call mom and dad, right? Because not everyone has someone that they can call for a cosign on a loan. Mm-hmm. And you're teaching them to, to stand up and look, here's a two-year action plan that if you follow, you will be bankable. You will be able to get a loan on a mm-hmm. property that you can then house hack and make more money on. And all of a sudden, they're, they're revving up this, this financial independence engine so much earlier and in such a great way. Um, I'm just so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited about yeah. all of this. Um, and you, so you hit on something there, Justin, that I, I, I'll add on to. You know, the, the 20-year-old that I'm telling to buy real estate uh, or the, the young person to do it by age 20 I, I'm, I'm focusing on the house hacking strategy. So as a primary residence, that affords you so many different, yep. so many benefits, you know, lower down payment, lower interest rate, lower income uh, that you have to prove. So if that first real estate purchase is a primary residence in the form of a house hack at age 20, that makes it even more doable and attainable for young people. Absolutely. Well, Dan, I love it. I love all of it. Um, please, you know, give, give us some advice on how we can, help you, help the mission, you know, 
is there a website we can send someone if we have someone that we know that we that are you open for more members right now just talk us through that whole process yeah so uh if any of this sounds great to your audience um i I would if they are young uh i'd say less than 25 years old or they know somebody uh send them to the sheik's freaks platforms that's the in the website is sheiksfreaks.com and then youtube and instagram as well if someone wants to get a hold of me personally uh i am on bigger pockets i'm on linkedin or you could just email me at sheiksfreaks at gmail.com. And I'll throw in one other thing, bigger pockets. I'm a big fan. I'm sure many of your listeners are too. I am super grateful that I, I'm, I'm in a book deal with bigger pockets. So I have the opportunity to, awesome. um, to write a book exactly about the stuff we've been talking about. My book published by bigger pockets will come out late next year. It is going to be for teenagers and it is going to be all about early financial independence a piece of that, obviously, real estate investing. So I'm super excited about that as well. That is that is perfect. I'm so excited for you on that. I hope that's going to become required reading in your classroom as well. I'm sure we'll it, it should we'll be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that's, man, very, very good. Very well done. So that'll be the third book, right? Richest Man in Babylon, Rich yeah, Dad, Poor Dad, and the new book yeah. by Bigger Pockets. So yeah. uh, congrats. Congrats on that. To multifamily listeners, if you have someone in your life that can benefit from this age 18 to 25, send them over to Sheik's Freaks, check them out. We all want to be a Sheik's Freak, right? So <laughs> let's uh, let's do it. I, I'm so excited that we got to have this conversation today, Dan, and uh, I really wish you all the best. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I know what you're doing. You're crushing it out there. Keep doing what you're doing. And yeah, let's keep in touch. Absolutely. Love to. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Check out our website at truemultifamily.show. And if you have an amazing story to tell, share it on our Facebook community, and you might just be the next guest on the show. We're also on all other social networks. Just search True Multifamily. I'm really, really proud to have this show produced by our company, On Air Brands. Check us out at onairbrands.com. We also have an incredible, unique podcasting event that we would love for you to be a part of. Check that out at podmax.co.